I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hi guys, editing Sine here to let you know that this episode of the pod is quite spoiler heavy. I've done my best to include timestamps in the description if there are certain sections or certain films that you want to skip over, but otherwise, let's crack on. I don't know about you, Lonnie, Mm -hmm. but every time I went to see a film at the French Film Festival, Mm -hmm. a certain ad played for Alliance Francais. Oh, yeah. How's it go? It was a skit where these two people were learning French. And it was like oh, funny because yeah. it was like, oh, we don't know how to cut the cheese. And oh, we don't know what to call sparkling wine that's not champagne because we only drink champagne. Mm. And we don't know how to do the kisses. Oh, French people are weird. I. Yeah, you wouldn't get away with that with any other culture, would you? Firstly, no. Secondly, I grew to loathe that ad so much <laughs> that by the third time I was watching it, and predictably, all the old people did the old <laughs> at the ad. I wanted to strangle them. I wanted to <laughs> find the people on screen mm. and ask them why they did this to me. That's what you get for being up in the International Space Station, I guess. I guess. We get different ads up here to what you get. Bonjour. Welcome to... I only like you in movies. My name is Lonnie. I'm here with Sine. Hello. How are you doing today, Sine? You, you recovered from these ads that have been annoying you so oh, much. It's just so annoying, you know. <laughs> uh, as you may have picked up, we've seen some French films at the 2021 French Film Festival. And they're shown at the Barracks and James Street up here. I don't know which um, palace cinemas you went to, Sine. Went to a few different ones, but all palace oh. cinemas yes. are doing okay. it. I went to the barracks because who wants to go to James Street in Brisbane? You no know? one. The parking's awful. Such a hassle. There's no, like, good cheap food around. The barracks, no. sushi. Yeah. Although I went to see, the first one I went to see, I'd organised in my head to get there, have a porto, have something different, because there's only two options ever food now at the barracks. Mm. Anyway, I got to a porto, and I was a little bit late, but, like, I still had time. I had, like, 20 minutes to, to do. One person working... And there was like a family of like six in front of me. Oh, I was like, God. bloody hell. So I had sushi, which is like the best sushi in Brisbane. I was like just mad the whole time. <laughs> what a <laughs> porto. Anyway, uh, to the films. We've seen a bunch. We've seen a few the same and a few um, dissimilar to each other. We'll go through those ones different first and then sort of get um, stuck in the weeds a bit about some of the ones that we've, we both saw. And I think we both have a lot to say about them as well. Mm. Do you want to take it away, Sine? You saw a few more than me, so why don't you give us yours I'll first. take it away. So I saw, the first one I saw that you did not see was Eiffel, um, which is a biopic um, about Monsieur Eiffel, who built the Eiffel Tower. It's, it was an interesting film. Um, Romain Duras played the main character and he was oh, yeah. great, wonderful. Mm-hmm. 
I just have a problem with biopics where it's sort of like, well, what of it happened and what of it didn't? That's my big thing, Sinead. And if you go to my other podcast, I Miss You Man, I had a whole episode about this. I think it's episode 16 or 15 maybe about um, biopics and their infuriating inaccuracies. It's just... But it's, it's the, hard. the little things get me, you know? Because it's like a good way to introduce you to like a story about a real person and mm-hmm. figure out what he would have been like and all that. But yeah. then it's also like, well, if I have to go home and like Google the things they told me to figure out if it's like actually happening, actually happened or not, then what's the point in seeing it, you know? Exactly. And, and things like Bohemian Rhapsody where they literally changed events to make it better for the story it just like cheapens the whole event, doesn't it? Mm. I will say, just quickly, my dad's probably listening to the podcast, but I told him I saw this film, mm. and without skipping a beat, he goes, "Yeah, and they had the hydraulics, and they did this, and they used forty-three screws for this thing, and like he had yeah. a pretty good understanding of how the Eiffel Tower was built." So yep. I think perhaps this film was more for someone like him, who mm. knew the facts already, and then could distinguish when watching between like fact and fiction within it whereas mm. someone like me who's coming into it not really knowing a lot i'm like is this is that actually how they did it or like it's actually really cool so he, that bit was true he so basically where the eiffel tower is built it's quite close to the sand and the, and the ground is like clay or mud and it's not mm. very stable so what they had to do was drill down then the water would rise underneath and then they used pressurized air to push the water back down so they could keep drilling and he created this like whole new um architectural like system essentially um which was incredible it's a very long film very very long and there's a bit in it inexplicably where he's like in love with this woman and it's like a will they won't they sort of thing and she gets cranky with him so she just runs and jumps into the water and starts to drown and then he has to like go in and rip her corset off because it's one of those films and, like, drag mm. her up to the bank of the river. And it's mm. like, what are you doing? Why are you jumping in the water? <laughs> What's the reason for that? Yeah, yeah, it was a bit. It was a bit. But it was really interesting. And he seems like a really complicated person. Mm. Um, he, you know, went into a lot of debt, couldn't pay his workers for a big part of this. And it seemed like he was sort of like a genius operating on another level and, no one else mm. believed in the project, but he was so, you know, headstrong and um, steadfast on what he was going to do that he didn't really care about anybody else. He just needed to do it, um, which was really interesting, even to the point where, you know, people were getting their eardrums burst because of the pressurised air, and he's like, we've got to push through, we've got to push through. So it was interesting. It was – it's not aimed at me. Um, I think perhaps if you're a little bit older, you might appreciate this a little bit more. Mm-hmm. It was quite slow in parts, but I really liked the um, chemistry between the two leads. I think they had great chemistry. There's also a couple of little like twists and turns, which I was really hooked in for. Um, okay. And But the big thing of the film is at the end of it, it's, it's this big reveal. So if you don't want to listen, just skip ahead a few minutes, but... Um, the big reveal is that because his love, who he's loved all along and can't be with, her name starts with an A. I think she's called Adrienne. The whole thing is that he built the Eiffel Tower in the shape of an A. Mm-hmm. 
That's the big reveal at the end of the film after mm-hmm. showing us two hours of how he needed to build it in that structure in order for <laughs> structural stability. Mm. So I didn't really know what the film was trying to say. It was like he's also a great architect and figured out how to do all this stuff, but also it's just an a, a letter A because he loved this woman so much. Mm. So yeah. I don't know. I, I think you could probably skip it unless it really interests you. Um, not my kind of film, but there were some good moments in it. Okay. One for the architectural crowd, eh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, I saw Final Set. Yes. It was also had a different name on screen, though. It might have been called something else in French. Anyway, it's the French film. It's about a tennis player. And I've been doing a bit of research into sports films recently, so it's interesting to see one made in the made in a different um, country, mm-hmm. as most do. Most of them are made in Hollywood, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked it. I thought it was good. There are some bits to it, though, I think you would find infuriating, Sine, if I, really? if I know you like the I was I going to see this, so yeah. I'm surprised that, like, I didn't, to be honest. <laughs> anyway. No, well, I think you still like it, you probably because you like you love your tennis. I love tennis. And, and it's, it, you know, it's about tennis, but it's also about the basic premise is this guy, he was a really good player as a kid, and he, he had some success early in his career, but since then he's sort of fallen away and now he's like late 30s and still a bit of a, a journeyman plugger mm, sort of player. Mm-hmm. Um, and he has one last chance to go to the French Open, which is like the, the pinnacle, obviously, for French tennis players. Um, and, you know, against all odds, he has one last shot at the big time, basically. And he's, and he's also he's got a kid and he's so supposed to be making that transition away from sport because obviously he's getting older and he can't playing much longer and he's got a, a wife who's trying to you know, they're trying to have the next phase of their life but he's like just holding on for that one last shot at glory you know what i mean yeah uh, which i think it's not just about tennis in that sense it's about it could be of any sort of passion any sort of um family dynamic where a bit like minari in that sense where you've got yeah. a, a father figure who has has a, has a dream and it doesn't always align with being a good dad and a good husband you know yeah so I think that those aspects you, you, you would appreciate and I think most people would, would get something out of. And the idea of, you know, what happens if you d- devote your life to something and it doesn't quite work out the way it's supposed mm. to because not everyone can be Roger Federer. You know, some, sometimes people have to, there's got to be someone there for Fed to beat in the first round, you know, so. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah. But I quite liked it. I'd love you to watch sometime just if I, to work out if, if the bit that I, I was like, oh, Sinead wouldn't like this. <laughs> it would be the same way that the one that, I, that you might pick it, up on. Is it well. regarding a wig? No, not so much a wig. Um, this is a slight spoiler, um, but I'd, you know, spoiler special, I'll say. I'm not really spoiling anything major about the plot or anything. But it's funny, the way it was shot, it's something I've been thinking about watching lots of sports movies in a short amount of time. So it's this idea of presentation of like, do you film the movie? as if it's a movie, or do you film it to to ape or to emulate how television broadcasts the sport usually are? In this film, early on, he's playing on backcourts and training and stuff. The film, like the camera's right next to him. We're seeing him sweat close up and whatever. Yeah. As the film goes on and he's all of a sudden he's on TV again, the film pretty much like just turns into a television broadcast. Oh. So you're pretty much just watching it as if you're watching the French Open on TV. 
And like there are cutaways to people watching at the pub and you know at his tennis club they're watching him and stuff. So like that that stuff seems as a movie would. But yeah, there there are large portions of it where you're like, oh, I'm just watching a tennis match now. I'm not really watching characters. But I think there might have been a point to that because now he's he's back in the major leagues and he's on TV again. So that's like how we'll present that. But I just thought that quite interesting. Mm. And there was a an older couple sitting near to me in the cinema, and they're writing every point, like, as if it was a real match. Like, and, like obviously, oh, really? they're part of the story. But, yeah, it was like, oh, he got him. Good work clapping and stuff. <laughs> and it is that oh, a slight disconnect because, yeah, of course, if you're watching this at home on TV, you ride in your guy wins a point. You're like, oh, hell yeah, I'm going to clap or whatever. Or if you're in the crowd. But watching a filmed presentation of it, it's a little, just a little bit weird, isn't it? Yeah, that does sound yeah. a bit odd. Yeah. It probably oh, would have annoyed me. That might have annoyed you, yeah. <laughs> Because you, you don't like when they clap for the film, do you? No. They can't hear you guys. They can't hear you. Performers aren't there. We're not in a theatre show. Yet we do cheer when Cap sort of picks up Yon here, don't we? That so. was a visceral reaction that the audience <laughs> experienced with each other. Yeah. That wasn't True. like, thank you so much for presenting the film to us. You have done a good True. job. Well done. Yes. Yeah, so I think this this lady was more on the, the Cap Yon here sort of mm. side of things. But, yeah, I think... Um, I don't know if I would have gone to see it outside of the film festival, but maybe I would have. And I think if it gets on Netflix or some sort of streaming service, SBS probably, because it's French film down here, mm-hmm. I, I would recommend it, yeah. Good. Um, another one I saw was De Gaulle. Now, you know me. I don't know a lot about things in real life. <laughs> What I knew about De Gaulle was mm. that there's a train station named after him. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, is it? Sorry, I meant airport. Airport, yeah. Good, I'm the main one, yeah. really on track with everything. And you've been to France. And I've been to it, so that's good that I can't even remember yeah. it. Um, and that he had something to do with the war. Yeah. And so I was hoping this film, again, would give me a bit more insight into like what mm. happened. And it did for the most part. So essentially he did a whole, essentially the French government wanted to acquiesce to Hitler. Yeah. They didn't think they could fight him. They didn't have any more resources or troops and everyone mm-hmm. was sort of like, we're done. And de Gaulle was like, no, we have to keep fighting. Um, and so he makes an alliance with Britain, with mm-hmm. Churchill. And essentially he basically hijacked a radio show (laughs) in order to get this big speech out which um, sort of empowered the troops that were already sort of feeling quite despondent and like they were all going to lose and die. And he basically, well, the movie implies single-handedly but I'm not sure if that's totally accurate. But um, I don't know, reinvigorates their side of the war essentially and it's implied then they win bit of a uh, king speech scenario is it very much so very much so i don't know it was again a long film it was almost two hours i it's very different to what i thought it would be i thought there would be some war in it there's not really it's more a drama and a history and just people talking in rooms um there's also his family like the subplot of his family trying to get back to him and leaving because there are Nazi soldiers in the rest of France and they're creeping closer to Paris. 
um, mm-hmm. and it's whether, you know, the government stays or not and he's kind of working against government figures that are quite cowardly and mm. want to sort of run away to their rich hideouts and he's sort of very much advocating for, you know, French pride and we need to stay mm. and defend ourselves and everything. So I don't know. I probably would never watch this again. I don't know if I had my time again that I would have seen it. Um, Do you think it plays better to, to French audiences who would he's like a founding father or not a founding father but potentially i think it would just play better to an audience who likes history and mm-hmm. wars <laughs> like if you like those kinds of films i think you'll like mm. it but i personally didn't really care for it too much fair enough yeah i didn't know much more than you about um him apart the fact that he was the president and involved in the war effort yeah so i think yeah you might get a lot out of it if you're into that. But you're saying the movie itself was a, was a touch boring as well? Or it was. It sort of had that feel and, where yeah. it was like, eh, you know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and the last film that I saw that you haven't seen is called Love Affairs. Yeah, so this one, it was billed as like a, a love actually in France, right? Yeah, it's not at all. <laughs> okay. Well, interconnecting stories at least. Interconnecting stories, yeah, Yeah. that's true. So essentially there's a framing device. It's um, this woman who I think I'm pretty sure she's pregnant um, and her husband has invited an old friend to come stay with them for a bit and the husband got called away unexpectedly for work. So Mm -hmm. this woman and this new man are trying to sort of bond and navigate and it's like oh nice to meet you blah 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 and essentially they talk about their past relationships that's sort of the framing device and they're linked through other characters essentially within the story i see so again it's a very long film it's over two hours and you really feel it so so much a loose 120 a real a real loose 120 guys (sighs) the thing that annoyed me about this film is all the characters were awful and I didn't mm. really care. So the whole thing of the film essentially is that they're all cheating on each other, with each other. Oh. And something really annoying, you know the two people who were kissing on the front of the Alliance Francaise yeah, little I've book? Yeah, got, got it right in front of me. They're from this film. They're the worst two people in the film. They're the no. most awful people. They're, they're like doing mean things while they're kissing there. They, that shouldn't be like your promotion for the whole festival. They're what the bad mean, guys. We've been doing weird, mean things. Are they cheating on? They're kissing they, each they other kiss? as she's holding the hand of the guy she's actually with. Oh. Bizarre. Yes. And okay. his jacket is actually in real life the same color as her jacket, and he, they've photoshopped it. So that just annoyed me on like a weird level, advertising level. Anyway. <laughs> The guy in the shot, he basically dates his best friend's ex. Not on. Not on. Not on, guys. It's just weird. Like, there's some good moments in it, but the whole thing I was like, can you all just sit down in a room, please, and figure out who you're going to be with, all right? We'll do the little pairs. You can, like, see if you're happy with it or not. But then we switch and we stay, okay, guys? Like, this is just too much toing and froing. You watched too much Married at First Sight, isn't it? I haven't been watching any Married at First Sight. Oh, okay. Have you? No, but that sounds like they do, right? They just 
have weekly meetings about who's dating, who's married to who now. Well, this movie could have could have done with one of those. Is it one where if you'd just been there, you could have organised them? It's like, guys, okay, let's talk about this. Yeah, I'd be like, right, you're so like you're going to you, be with her, yeah. right, because you love each other. Don't worry about the baby. It's fine. You can still raise it together. <laughs> you're cheating on her. That's really sad, but, like, I don't think you're meant to be together. So you can go off and do your work trip. Like, I'd, I'd totally organise it for them. Mm-hmm. The performances are incredible in this film, um, mm. which is one thing that it really has going for it. There's Camelia Giordana, who plays Daphne, oh, yeah. and also the ex-wife, I think is Emily DeQuen, but I, I'm not too sure. Um, the director wrote the screenplay as well for it. Mm-hmm. It's It's good if you like... It's more of a romance drama. The reason I said probably not too much like Love Actually is there's not much comedy in it at all. Mm, it's yeah. not a rom-com and lots of people sure. are calling it that and I really don't think that's what it is. It's more of a rom, mm. rom, rom-drum? Dramance? <laughs> Jam-rom. Jam-rom. Anyway, it was like good but I don't know. I think I went into it with too high expectations to be quite honest like, because I love interconnected stories and it just didn't yeah. really... I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I think that's the end of the films that I saw that you have not seen. Shall we get into one that we've both seen? Oh, just before we do that, did you happen to see like a really stylish American um, younger woman in the background of any of your films? Because I was looking out for her. No. Maybe her name's Emily. She's wearing a funny oh, hat probably. Oh, stop it. No. Get out of here. No. <laughs> God. Knows. Why are you so obsessed with that show? No, it's a good show. It's not yeah. a good show. It is. So. Your love Even for that. Emily runs deep, I guess. Yeah. EIP. L-O-V. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Shall we talk about Black Box first? Love to. Now, if you're going to see one film at the French Film Festival, this is my pick. I don't think Lonnie yes. liked it as much as I did, but I loved it. I liked it as well. I quite liked it. I felt like it was maybe a bit too loose in its what it was going for. Like, just tighten up a bit would have been much better for me. Yeah. Can you give us a little synopsis, Sine? Well, the actor who's in it, is Pierre Nini, who was in one of my favourite French films, It Boy. Mm. Essentially, he works for a for the group of people who investigate 
why plane crashes happen essentially mm. and listen to the black box and try to piece together whether it was a mechanical fault or whether something happened and how they can then fix it. It's oh, it's really great. It's like a thriller sort of mm. suspenseful drama. It is. It's a little bit like a conspiracy thriller. Yeah. But about a subject that I haven't seen on a film before. No. Which is quite no. interesting, isn't it? It's incredible. I you was can definitely so see this being this. remade in America in a couple of years. With oh, God, like, yeah. <laughs> with JGL somewhere in the main. It gave me yeah. similar vibes to The Translators, which I loved. Mm. Mm-hmm. It was an excellent film. Mm. Um, I just, I loved it. My one complaint is it was, again, very long. It's over two hours. It did lag a bit. It did take a while to get where it was going. Yeah, yeah. I liked the beginning, liked the ending. I thought the middle could have been a bit tighter. Yeah. But, like, that's a small complaint against a really good movie. So. Yeah. The cinematography, I don't know if you remember, there's a tracking shot near the beginning that's, like, beautifully done. There's another shot where he's sort of in the... Essentially, they get the wreckage from the crash and put it in this big warehouse and map out what they've got from what seats and where the people would have been. Yeah. And there's a really awesome shot where he's like standing there in the warehouse and the camera tilts up and then back and then he's in the plane. Mm. It's really cool. But my favorite shot of this film was when he goes to the river and he Mm. can hear the beeping. Do you remember this? Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden the camera turns to 90 degrees and just flips so then the water's yeah. like sideways. Oh, I loved it. I loved it so much. Did the dog completely terrify you like it did me? Because I screamed uh, in the yeah. cinema. <laughs> <laughs> you, you said to me, um, I watched out there are some jump scares. I was like, okay. And then that happened. I was like, okay, that's where Sine was going to be frightened. Did you get popcorn and you're like, did you no, throw it up in the air? I didn't, but I went, ah! <laughs> was anyone else in the cinema with you? There were other people there, yeah. They just sort of like glanced at me and I was like, sorry, everybody, that was terrifying. Yeah. I, I kept I, thinking the dog was going to come back somehow. That could have been nice. No, I liked it. I don't want to spoil the ending or anything about plot machinations, but mm. I quite liked all the the personal drama as well. Like yes. he's got a wife he's trying to deal with and he's got a best friend and his boss at work and, yeah, just um, a, a kind of a small cast really. Yeah, it was. In some ways. And a lot of it is, is, like, if you like watching movies about a guy who stares at a computer screen and tries to figure things out, boy, have we got a movie for you. But it's more than that, though. I know, I know. In the second half of this film, there are so many twists and turns Mm -hmm. and you don't know who to trust and there's a, like, I was really worried at the beginning of the film that this was going to be sort of anti-Muslim propaganda. Oh, right, yeah, because of... Plane crashes. Plane crashes. So yeah, I'm yeah. really glad that they didn't do that. They went like a yeah, more intelligent they, direction. They averted that. They subverted that, didn't they? Yeah. yeah. It was honestly great. I would watch this again and again. I loved mm-hmm. this film. It was so okay. good. So I reckon if you're going to see one and you like suspense thrillers that are a bit dark, mm. I reckon see this one. Okay. Cool. Yeah, I, I would agree. Hopefully it comes either back to cinemas after the festival, which the festival's probably over by the time this goes out, anyway, or it'll be streaming somewhere, hopefully. Yeah. Other film we both saw is called A Night Shift, another alumni from It Boy. It's my girl. It's my girl, Virginie. <laughs> uh, so Night Shift is 
Very interesting movie. It's also got Omar Sy, who mm-hmm. has a bit of he's he's broken out of the French film industry as well, and yeah, been in, been in some Hollywood movies and been around. Um, but yeah, Virginie is the main draw for me at least. I love her so much. Yeah, and from what I understand, she was like a TV presenter for so long, and now she just makes really good movies. So she's incredible. Um, so this one, how do you describe it, Sinead? It's like a, I guess it's a police drama kind of thriller as well. It's quite a slow thriller, though. I, yeah, I, it's not, not as, edge of your seat. No, I was on the edge of my seat for Black Box. I wasn't so much on the edge of my seat for this, but this was more of a cerebral sort of pondering thriller if that makes sense it's a morality morality play isn't it yeah so essentially three police officers have to escort a prisoner from prisoner to the airport where he's getting deported to his home country Mm -hmm. the conceit is that if he gets deported to his home country he will die they will kill him. Yeah. So is he a prisoner or is he like an asylum seeker? Like he's in prison though, isn't he? Well, that's he? the but, question, yeah, whether yeah, he's an illegal immigrant, whether he's done a crime because some of the police officers bought into the story and some didn't. Mm. So I think that's left up to interpretation. Mm-hmm. Um, and the question, basically the question is what would you do? Yeah, what would you do? And I was, I was quite torn. Yep. I don't think the film really comes down on either side of it, so it is up to you to decide what you would do in that scenario. What would you do, Sine? Well, they tried. They took mm. him to the thing. Ugh, they left the doors that he didn't understand. Why was there no translator? Like, yeah. it's insane. He but he, he can't trust anyone, can he? So. No. But I was thinking if I was the, the cop in that scenario, it is like on the one hand you've got, I'm just following orders because that's my job. I'm doing what, what I've been told and I'm uploading, upholding the law and the, mm-hmm. the rules and it's not up to me to decide what's right or wrong. I just have to, you know, affect the, the mm. decisions that have been made by the government and the, the judges and everything else. On the other side, I was like, oh, I wouldn't want to... I'd find it really difficult to do that if it's a scenario I know is wrong or I yeah. believe is wrong. But And you can't just say, oh, I'm just following orders because, you know, that's... The famously, lots of bad people have just said they were following orders, and so not up to them to decide. That's it. The atrocities they were they were committing. So yeah, I, I still don't know what I'd do in that scenario. No, the one thing. Do you I, think though? Oh, sorry, you go. I was just going to say the one thing I didn't quite get on board with was that it was very pro police, and I found that that was mm-hmm. a bit difficult in the current climate where we've had lots of police violence come out of America, especially and Australia, with the treatment of Indigenous people 100% it's a bit it's a little bit uh, propagandary at some well, points I thought <laughs> I've seen lots of movies recently I was like how hard is it to be a cop oh my god yeah I'm sure it is but it's also pretty hard to um, have the, the full force of the law against you at any every step of the way so yeah. I was going to say as well I thought maybe the, the personal dramas of these characters got in the way of what was interesting to the movie yeah it did a little bit Are you talking about the pregnancy yeah, and the other guy who's leaving his wife because he hates her or something. I was like, yeah, I didn't really get that storyline to be honest. Not, I didn't, no, me either. Not and really care for it. I don't know. Is it a bit? I'm not going to say cheap, but is it like a shortcut to have a woman affected by a story if she's got a kid and she doesn't like the kid and now she's pregnant to someone else? It just felt like a a touch of a a touch cheap. Maybe I will say cheap. To we're going to give this woman some backstory and some and some personal drama. Okay, let's make it about her being pregnant and stuff. I just felt like, oh, yeah. okay. 
I know what you very, mean. Very easy. Yeah. And against what is actually a very interesting drama at the center of the of the of the story. Yep. Somehow got relegated a little bit for me. Yeah, I still fair enough. Liked it, so. Yeah. I also thought this film had a perfect ending shot, and then there was another one. Yes. Did you feel that? Did I thought realize? it was ending. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe a couple times actually. A couple yeah. of times towards the end, and then it. But then where it ended, it still was ambiguous in the ending anyway because mm. I don't know if they actually helped at the end. Like, no, I don't know. You hope that the courts did the right thing but, like, also mm. they could not and they're like, ha-ha, problem solved. We dust our hands of this and it's like, mm. did you solve it though? No. So, yeah, I don't know. I, d- I really liked this one. If you're, again, going to see a second film, I'd probably recommend this one at the French Film Festival. Yeah, and yeah, with the... Caveats we've already explained. I, I still think it was interesting to watch, and it really was. Yeah, and brought brought about some interesting questions. And mm. the heavy watch, obviously. So don't give a no go no. for life a minute or anything. But. The acting is incredible, though. And I'm not just saying that because I'm biased because I love Virginie, but everyone is great in this. Like, yeah, she and Omar Sy had an incredible chemistry. Even oh, Payman yeah. Marty as the prisoner, like mm-hmm. he just toes that line of like. Yeah possibly sinister and then possibly innocent mm. like oh, yeah, it's really good something we haven't mentioned yet already we've we spoiled it a little bit of the movie so we we'll keep going in the opening i guess third half maybe mm. you see scenes and then you see it again from a different character's perspective the yes. film doesn't do that afterwards which no. i think could have been interesting but i, I guess they're all, they're all together so yeah i love things like that where you see yeah. film the same scene again but from a different perspective and different camera mm. angles like that's one of my favorite yeah. you know techniques i know oh, no. i'm a bit no, of a sucker for it but yeah it would have been nice if they kept that up the whole way through and like it was good in that way you know in the sense of just seeing things from a different perspective because it shows you that oh these people are going through this night but they've all they're bringing different things to it and they you know not one event happens and everyone has the same opinion of or, or feelings throughout it yeah also it did sort of like Omar Sy, from different characters' perspective, his character was very brash and yes. arrogant and annoying, but yeah. then you see a bit more hidden side of him, like, oh, okay, I can see <laughs> I can see what's going on here. He actually is quite... You know the reasons. All going on to him. Yeah, yeah, the reasons why he's doing that stuff, so... Totally. So, yeah, I liked that, but I'm not sure how he would have kept that up. Maybe he could have bookended it, maybe. That could have been a way to do it. Mm. I just realised yeah. we didn't give any of these some ratings. Should we go back we and give our thoughts? Around. What would you give sure. Night Shift? Uh, out of five, maybe four. I think I give it three and a half. Yeah, okay. Quite enjoyed it. Black box. Yeah, probably. Maybe I give actually if the last one's three and a half for me, and then this one's four. Maybe I'll say that. Yeah, I think same for me. In rating wise, yeah. What would you give final set? Mm, that's a four again. Okay. How was Kristen Scott Thomas in that? Oh yeah, she was really good. She's great in everything. Um, <laughs> Not playing the best character, like as in not likable character, mm. but an interesting one. Just quickly, De Gaulle, I'd probably give two. Love Affairs, I'd give maybe two and a half, maybe mm-hmm. stretch it to three. And same for Eiffel, probably two and a half to three. Okay, so it's a bit of a shame you saw a bunch that are like twos and then I did. <laughs> and we saw a couple of fours, but that's, like, that's still interesting to see these films and, and to see them together, I think, is interesting. Yeah, um, I think it's. It's good to be immersed in like a different structure and a different way of telling stories mm-hmm. and a different sort of 
different types of stories than what we're used to. I think it's important not to just watch Hollywood films. <laughs> I like the thought of people in, in France watching an Australian film festival as well. I think that's kind of funny. <laughs> what would me. play at it? Priscilla? Oh, you recently you play, play The Dry. Oh, yeah? Maybe the one about um, Naomi Watts and the, and the, oh, the penguin. magpie. Yeah. See, the thing is... We don't have as big a film industry, so we'd have like three no. films. <laughs> no, it is a huge thing in um, France. There's still very much wee rented cinema. Mm. Well, I don't know if you'll be able to see these at the cinema by the time this film, uh, this review comes out, but hopefully you'll get to see them somehow. Do recommend them. And going back over the years, we've seen some good films at the French Film Festival where we always try and make an effort to go. Yeah, a couple of. If you want to track down some of the old ones we liked, Populaire, mm. yeah, great good. film, and It Boy we mentioned. Boy. Um, I don't know if Translators counts as a French film, yeah, but oh, there I are know. French characters. So yeah. if you haven't seen that, that's incre- incredible film. Mm. Mm-hmm. Rush out and see Translators, absolutely. Okay. And it's not French, but I don't know if we're going to get around to reviewing it properly. But I watched another round recently, and Sine's trying to get around mm. to it. Around to it. Um, <laughs> But yes, if you're looking at European cinema as a whole, there are some good movies. They know how to make movies in, in Europe. In Hopefully Europe. they come to streaming and we can actually watch them down here. Yeah. Like, come on, guys, it's 2021. Gone are the days where we ha- should have to wait three years for an episode of TV to come out that was filmed, you know, yeah, aired in yeah. America three years ago. Exactly. Anyway. Well, thank you very much for listening. Hope you get to see some of these films. Hope you get to listen to some other reviews of ours. And maybe listen to my other podcasts, you know. I'm not your boss, but like that might be cool as well. Sure. Cool, I miss you, man. What do you do when I miss you, man? Oh, what don't we do, Sine? Uh, my friend Dylan and I, we take each other on a journey through life, pop culture, and everything in between. Uh, we, we tend to talk a lot about movies, actually, because that's what we do. Hey, can just back off a bit. Don't step on my toes, <laughs> you two. Uh, we don't just review them, although we are actually going through at the moment doing the Christina Chronicles, which is a deep dive into the back catalogue of Christina Ricci. <laughs> what sparked that? What, what do you mean? What do you mean? What made you decide to investigate Oh, what sparked her? that? So I thought you said what's after that. I was like... No, no, what sparked... We could get through it first. <laughs> <laughs> um, we both love Christina Ricci. Dylan made me watch Speed Racer, which she's in... The film is very strange, but she's good in it. And so I was like, oh, I was just sort of making fun of him, like, oh, she's the best part. And I was like, oh, maybe we should just review her for that catalogue and see what else she's been in. And we've only at the start and at the moment, she's only doing, you know, she's back when she was a kid. So, Have you anyway. watched Caspi yet? No, Caspi's coming up. We've oh. done the first Adam's Family. We've done some other ones where she's like the granddaughter mm-hmm. in like one scene, you know. Um, but, but soon it's going to be all, all Christina all the time. So that's exciting. Very exciting. Caspi yeah. was on TV a lot when I was younger. Did well, you I agree. That? Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of those things that like Channel Seven had the rights to, or something, so they just played mm. it all the time. Okay. Okay. Well, that's uh, niche, but interesting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll get you on talk about a movie coming up, maybe. Oh, great! That sounds How fun. About that. Yeah. Please give us a like on Twitter. Get in touch via email. All the details should be in the show notes, or you know, look us up on on SoundCloud. And go back listen to the back catalogue of us. Do a deep dive into the I only like you good movies. Go for it. Yeah, There's a lot of episodes there, so just find a film that you've seen and give it a clickety-clack. Clickety-clack, give us a review on your podcast of a choice and also tell a friend. That'd be great. Until next time, 
Au revoir. Au revoir. Nice. <laughs> Might be really embarrassed. No! How dare you drag her into this? Get out of here. Get out of here. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. 